right, everybody, welcome to the Backseat Huddle Podcast, episode 49. This is my first episode in 4K. So you get to see how ugly I actually am and get to see all my imperfections if you're watching this on YouTube. So congratulations. So today I am ranking and putting every starting quarterback in the NFL into tiers. So I have 10 tiers. Here's what they are in descending order. They are elite at the top, great, breakout candidate, good, above average, average, below average, bad, unknown, and then are going to be awful. So when ranking these quarterbacks, I took everything that I could into consideration. The weapons that they have, the offensive line in front of them, the coach that they have, the franchise they play for, their performance last season, their career. I tried to make it thorough. Okay, so I tried to take everything that I could into consideration when making this list. So we're going to go ahead and start at the bottom. And we're going to start at the are going to be awful tier and this is where you do not want to be and i have three guys in my are going to be awful tier the first is anthony richardson anthony richardson is going to be awful this season he is as raw as the steak in my fridge i don't know how you guys expect a player who had a 54 percent completion percentage last season in college to somehow instantly get better against superior competition. It's just not going to happen. He's going to have growing pains this season, and he is not going to be good throwing the ball. He is definitely going to have some wow moments, and he is likely going to have some sick rushing highlights. But overall, Anthony Richardson isn't going to be good this season, and that's okay. He's going to have somewhere around 12 passing touchdowns, 18 to 22 interceptions, and then eight rushing touchdowns. I would not at all be shocked to see Anthony Richardson make some huge improvements year two and year three and so on and so forth. But this season, he is not going to be good. Second is Trey Lance. Trey Lance is a bust. If you're a quarterback and you're struggling in the preseason, you can't play. You cannot play. End of story. And Trey Lance has been in the NFL for like three or four seasons, and he's still struggling in the preseason. He can't play, period. Last player in my are going to be awful tier is CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is fucked. C.J. Stroud is going to be awful in 2023 because his adjustment from college to the NFL is going to be an absolute bitch. Everything, everything that he had going for him at Ohio State is going to be the exact opposite in the NFL. He has nothing going for him. He's going to a trash bag franchise. He has a bad offensive line. He has a defensive head coach, which is not good for young quarterbacks, and he has PFF's worst-rated receiving core in the NFL. Ouch. Good luck, C.J. Stroud. Hope things get better for you, buddy. So that's my are going to be awful tier. Let's go ahead and move into the unknown. So unknown tier, I generally make a habit of not rating rookie quarterbacks. So they're for the most part, except for the ones I just talked about, they're all going to be in the unknown tier. I also have a few players in the unknown tier 
that are not rookies, but they also just haven't played much. So the unknown tier is Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, Desmond Ritter, Will Levis, Sam Howell, and Jordan Love. It's fun to play pretend and do projections with inexperienced and inexperienced quarterbacks and rookies. But personally, I think rating rookie quarterbacks is a little dumb. We have absolutely no idea how good these players are going to be. Case in point is Baker Mayfield. He went number one overall, and he did not pan out how most people expected him to. So why are any of the guys this year any different? There's no real evidence at this moment to, to, to suggest that they are going to be any different. And it doesn't really matter if you like it or don't want to hear it because at this moment, it is the truth. We don't know what any of these guys are going to be, so they're in the unknown tier. So moving on to bad. So I only have two players in my bad category. First is going to be Baker Mayfield, who I think could end up being in the average tier by season's end based on the weapons that he has around him and the fact that Tampa Bay has a new offensive coordinator because Byron Leftwich, their OC last year, was probably the worst in the NFL. Now, I also have Russell Wilson in the bad tier. This is solely based on how poorly he played last season. I could totally see Russell Wilson having turning back into old Russell Wilson under new head coach Sean Payton, but I just have to see it to believe it, and he was really, really, really bad last season, so he ends up in the bad tier. Those are the only two guys I haven't met. So let's go ahead and move on to below average. So in my below average tier, I only have four players in this category. I have Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy G, Kenny Pickett, and Daniel Jones. So I feel some people may put, may want to put Mac Jones in the bad category, but Mac Jones is not a bad quarterback. People want to think he's bad, but the only bad thing about Mac Jones is his body type and the support he's been given in New England. He has poor weapons, an archaic head coach. And last season, he had a defensive coordinator calling plays on offense last season. I don't think Mac Jones is going to be elite, but the hand that he got dealt is really not fair either. So to say that he is bad based on the circumstances he has is a little bit obtuse. And my below average tier, I also have Kenny Pickett. So Kenny Pickett in below average may jump out to some, given how strong the Steelers ended last season. But I watched a really concerning video from Alex Rollins showing how poor he was against zone coverage last season, and it raised some serious red flags. So if you're going into your second year, defenses now have an entire offseason to watch that film on you and strategize against you and exploit that. The counterpoint is that he has also had an entire offseason to improve on it. So we will see where it ends up being, but I am not sold on Kenny Pickett. Ryan Tannehill is also in my below average because he was a bust in Miami and he's been carried by Derrick Henry in Tennessee. Jimmy G is probably average, but he's in below average because he's likely only going to play in eight games. Availability is big. Daniel Jones is in below average because... Daniel Jones isn't good. Miss me with this vanilla Vic Daniel Jones bullshit. The guy was a bust up until last season, and he threw 
This season, he threw a whole whopping ass 15 touchdown passes and 200 whole yards per game. That's what you're going to try to sell me on? Please get out of here with that. I miss me with the Daniel Jones bullshit. Just miss me with it all. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to average. So in average tier, I have Tua, Sam Darnold, Geno Smith, and Brock Purdy. This one is probably the most controversial. I'm going to start with Tua. Tua Tunga-Vailoa is an average quarterback. Tua is Jimmy G East. Tua's best feature is his ability to make the right read and use his brain. But he's one game away from that brain being turned into mush. The reality with Tua is that he's small. He has average to below average arm, below average escapability, and he is being propped up and elevated by two stud wide receivers in the exact same system that Jimmy G used to thrive in San Francisco. But no one was accusing Jimmy G of being good while he was out there. But somehow we're going to make that case for Tua? Please get real. I also have Geno Smith in my average tier. Geno Smith is in average because he spent 10 years not being very good, riding the bench, and then had one good season where he beat up on a lot of bad defenses. Last season against teams that finished with a defense in the top 11 overall, Geno Smith averaged 217 yards, just over one touchdown per game, and the Seattle Seahawks averaged 11 and a half points per game in those six games. That's not good. So when there's an actual good defense in town, he doesn't perform well. It is likely that I'm underrating him, but I need to see him do it one more time before I'm sold on him. Now, Sam Darnold and Brock Purdy are both in average because they play for San Francisco, and that does not require any further explanation. Moving on, let's talk about some good quarterbacks. So here's my above average tier. My above average tier, I have Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, and Matthew Stafford. I think these all kind of explain themselves. The one that perhaps doesn't is maybe Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's talent exceeds the above average tier, but his injury, lack of weapons, poor offensive line, new head coach, attitude issues, causes him to drop. The rest, you should understand. Moving on to good. Let's talk about the good quarterbacks of the NFL. So in my good tier, I only have two. I have Jared Goff and Deshaun Watson. Jared Goff is absolutely a good quarterback. I feel like most people would put him in either above average or good, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time backing this one up. Deshaun Watson is in good tier specifically because Deshaun Watson is going to have a bounce-back season. He's got the right recipe for it. He's had an entire offseason with the Browns. He has a top-five offensive line, an excellent running back behind him, an offensive head coach who's one coach of the year, and solid weapons on the outside. What's going against him, and that concerns me, is that his division is brutal. But this definitely feels like a bounce-back season for Deshaun Watson. Okay, now we're moving into the breakout candidate. So I have two quarterbacks in the breakout candidate. My two players in breakout candidate tier are Justin Fields 
and Trevor Lawrence. So Justin Fields is the obvious answer for breakout candidate this year. The Bears invested heavily in their offensive personnel this offseason, getting some offensive line help in free agency and drafting Darnell Wright, the left tackle out of Tennessee with their first pick this year and this year's draft. And they have weapons. Cole Komet at tight end looks solid. Darnell Mooney has shown flashes. Chase Claypool has shown flashes. And we know that the Bears brought over DJ Moore in that trade for the first pick. So I'm rooting for this one to happen. And Justin Fields seems like the easy pick for breakout candidate this season. Now, Trevor Lawrence is also in my breakout candidate tier. Why is that? We all know that he had a breakout year last year where he took a huge jump after the Urban Meyer debacle. So if he's already broken out, why is he in the breakout tier again? Because Trevor Lawrence is going to win MVP. Trevor Lawrence could easily account for 40-plus touchdowns this season. The Jaguars have playmakers everywhere. They added an absolute stud at wide receiver landing Calvin Ridley. They also have Evan Ingram, who's a matchup nightmare. Christian Kirk had a breakout season last year, and Zay Jones is a rock-solid wide receiver three. And then they also have Travis Etienne at running back, who's liable to take a check down 50 yards to the house. Weapons. Another reason that Trevor Lawrence is going to win MVP is because the Jaguars have an extremely favorable schedule. At some point, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the only starting quarterback in his division that isn't a rookie. The Colts have Anthony Richardson, the Texans have C.J. Stroud, and the Titans at some point are going to start Will Levis. Would it be a shock to see the Jaguars go 6-0 and or 5-1 and in divisional games this season? I don't think so. They also get to turn around and play the weakest division in the NFC, being the NFC South, where they play the Panthers, Saints, Bucks, and Falcons. Those two divisions alone, that's 8-10 to wins alone right there for the Jaguars. Then all of the good teams they play, they got more scheduling breaks. All the strongest teams in their schedule, they play at home. They play the Chiefs, 49ers, Bengals, and Ravens all at home. The only really strong team that the Jaguars play on the road is the Bills. It is all lining up for Trevor Lawrence to have a really strong season, and that's why he's my pick for MVP. Let's go ahead and move on to the great tier. So we're getting into the, the cream of the crop now. So my great tier is made up of guys who are on the cusp of elite and maybe elite on any given week. My great tier is Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert. Every single one of these guys could make a case for being in the elite tier, so I'm going to explain why they aren't. Aaron Rodgers is not in my elite category because Aaron Rodgers is the most overrated quarterback of all time. He isn't a dog. He isn't a leader. And he plays the position of quarterback like he's calculating his passer rating on the sidelines. Aaron Rodgers has a losing record when trailing at any point in the game. Make any excuse that you want about Aaron Rodgers, but that is one of the least elite traits I have 
ever heard from an all-time great quarterback. If you're that guy, you overcome adversity. You don't make excuses. You pull your team to a win, and Aaron Rodgers does not do that. So he is all-time overrated. This season, he's also getting up there in age, and he's also going to be behind perhaps what is the worst offensive line of his career at age 39 in a division with Buffalo's defensive line, the greatest defensive coach ever in Bill Belichick. And now Miami has arguably the best defensive coordinator in the NFL in Vic Fangio. This division isn't a cakewalk, and I would not be surprised to see Aaron Rodgers have another average-ish career by average-ish season by his standards. Jalen Hurts is also in great instead of elite because he's only done it one season. If he does it again, he's getting bumped up to elite. No questions about it for me. Lamar Jackson is also in great instead of elite because he perpetually suffers from underwhelming wide receiver play. And then old OBJ doesn't solve that issue. They're also introducing a new offensive coordinator, and there may be some hiccups along the way as he learns that new system. There's also an availability component to Lamar Jackson being in great versus elite. I, it personally to me is it's fair to say that Lamar is elite when healthy, but he's becoming increasingly injury prone for obvious reasons. I really, really want to put Lamar Jackson in the elite category, but I feel like he's just outside of it. If you told me Lamar Jackson plays all 18, 17 games, he's in elite. That's really the main thing holding him back for me. Justin Herbert is also in my great category. Justin Herbert just has to win more. At any point, rather, Justin Herbert just has to win more. At this point in his career, Justin Herbert is better than Aaron Rodgers is. But my criticism of Aaron Rodgers is that he doesn't win enough. So how can I turn around and then put Justin Herbert as an elite quarterback if I don't have Aaron Rodgers as an elite quarterback? I can't. So as such, he's great, not elite. I somewhat believe that Justin Herbert is a victim of circumstance where he has had a coach that we aren't really sure about and Justin Herbert's elevating the hell out of him as opposed to how it should be, which is the other way around. And his receivers can never seem to stay healthy. And prior to the last season, he always kind of had a subpar offensive line. However, Justin Herbert is a dark horse MVP candidate, and it's because of his new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore spent years elevating the Dallas offense, where they averaged 27.7 points per game since 2019, which is second in the NFL in that span of the Kansas City Chiefs. So if Kellen Moore is able to scheme a guy like Dak Prescott to be the second best offense in the NFL. What do we expect him to be able to do with a guy like Justin Herbert, where the sky's the absolute limit? To put this in perspective, Dak Prescott has only thrown for 30 touchdowns twice in his six seasons in the NFL, whereas Justin Herbert has already done it in two out of three of his seasons. The biggest issue for Justin Herbert has always kind of been two things. We aren't sure how good his coaches have been and the health of his wide receivers. Now he has a proven commodity at offensive coordinator and the Chargers once again dipped into the wide receiver pool and took a wide receiver with their first pick in this draft. So why not Justin Herbert? 
Elite. We're down to our final three. In my elite tier, I have the usual suspects. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. For reasons you guys already know, I don't have to really tell you guys about. These are the three guys that absolutely deserve to be there. Personally, I wish that Josh Allen would turn the ball over a little bit less. But of the three, I would argue that he has the most on his shoulders and the least support around him. But in my opinion, he is still elite. So that is it today. That's my show. Those are my quarterback tiers. Hopefully you guys like them. Feel free to like and subscribe. If you're on Spotify, feel free to hit me with a five-star rating. You will find it on the channel page. Take care, everybody.